Welcome to the sermon podcast of Northridge Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. I'm Betsy Sweetenberg, the pastor here, and I hope that in this podcast, you see what we seek to do week after week, approaching the stories of our faith with a holy curiosity, not shutting the book because the stories are hard or there are truths we'd rather ignore. Instead, approaching scripture, trusting that God will meet us there, full of grace and truth, teaching us something new about how we are to live in this world God so loves. As we turn to scripture, let's pray. Come thou wisdom from on high. Teach us the path of knowledge. Teach us how to walk in her ways as only you can. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter, verses 8 through 18. Listen now to what the Spirit is saying to her church this day. Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I am a list person. Are there any list people out there? Yeah. <laughs> I like to begin the day by listing out what I need to do. I like to end the day with the satisfaction of having crossed things off that list of things to do. And in the last few months, my lists have only multiplied. A list that would normally be about managing work and home responsibilities has shifted to include preparations for someone I don't yet know, but I'm excited to meet. And there's a lot to do when you're welcoming someone into the world. This person needs a doctor. This person needs childcare during the day. I, this person needs gear. This person needs me to read a lot of books so I know what to do with this human. This person needs a car seat and a crib. You know all this. There is a long list to prepare for a child. And in these final days, as I await the birth of this child, I find myself even more attuned to what I need to do at the start of each day. I wake up just aware of how much needs to get done because the days are so limited. Just this morning, I reminded the baby that it's not time yet. 
I still have some things to do. Being here with you was on that list. And I couldn't separate my own fixation on doing from our scripture about the shepherds. Every time I read about them, I couldn't help but notice what they do. It was the first time I'd noticed that the shepherds, just like Mary, go with haste. The shepherds and the Mary, and Mary, those are the characters in the Christmas story who just get to it. They go on with their list. Mary went with haste to see Elizabeth. The shepherds went with haste to see Mary and Joseph and the baby. Their doing captivated me as I wondered about the things that cause us to go with haste. And knowing that this would be my last sermon to you for a while, I was all prepared to preach that we should follow the shepherd's example and go with haste. We should get up and seek out the good news and then make it known. But in these last few days, something changed. And maybe that's because the thought of doing anything with haste right now feels laughable to me. Or maybe it's because at this point, being told to do anything doesn't feel so exciting to me. If it's not on my list, well, it's not going to make it onto my list. There is no adding right now, only subtraction, and I've just accepted that not everything will be checked off before this child arrives. That's all happening in the midst of a holiday season that feels especially full this year as people are still making up for canceled parties and visits and family gatherings of the years past. So one more thing to do feels like an obligation, to me at least. Being told to do something before Christmas feels like a have to, not a get to. And so in these last days, this scripture has become a mirror for me of my own fixation on doing. It wasn't until I found myself exhausted and reading these words that I saw what I had been missing all along. I got so caught up on the actions of the shepherds. You heard the candle lighting about the seeking because I was pretty sure that's where we were going to go with this text. But I completely neglected to appreciate the fact that they didn't do a darn thing to receive that good news. They didn't go seek out the angels. They didn't have to check off a list before the angels arrived to proclaim the birth of Christ. They were just doing what they always do, and the good news appeared right in front of them. Maybe that's why they were so terrified. I don't know about you, but that can be hard for me to comprehend, that the good news shows up not because of who we are, not because of what we have or haven't accomplished, not because of what we will or won't accomplish in the future, not because of how we will or won't respond to it. The good news comes to us because it is too good to be hidden too grand to be confined to one group of people. But aren't we trained to believe that the good news is our reward for the toil, the prize for all of our doing? And in this season of consumerism to the max, we may even come to believe that our doing has the potential to manufacture good news. 
Parents searching for perfect toys for their children to create that perfect Christmas morning memory. Spouses trying to dream up how they'll surprise their partners. The perfect meals in the perfect order. We go through this season marching to Christmas as if the good news depends on us and our ability to do all the right things in the right order. We move hastily towards Christmas morning, checking off our list. Even these last weeks of Advent worship have been about our doing. They've been instructions to keep silent like Zechariah and embody the example of Joseph's compassion. Next week's lessons and carol service will be about the good news, but it is only happening because these people up here have put a lot of time into doing so that we can enjoy their music. There is no shortage of things to do as we walk towards Christmas. But as I leave you for a few months, I want to leave you with the same good news that is my consolation these days. And as is often the case, it is the simplest news of all that is the best news. This is the same good news that I hope becomes consolation for my child and for all the children in this community. The same good news that I hope becomes consolation for all of us because God knows we need it. And here it is. The good news of Jesus Christ is announced. It is not created. The good news coming to the shepherds has nothing to do with their ability to produce has nothing to do with their ability to respond. They do show us what a faithful response to good news look like. They remind us that we have a part to play to see the good news in our midst and share it with others, but the good news comes whether or not we like our part in the story. And maybe that's why this news feels so unnatural to preach and so unnatural to receive because it is hard to let the good news of great joy be sufficient on its own. It's hard to accept that it has nothing to do with us. But that's exactly what makes it so joyful, so unexpected, so life-changing. So hear this good news again and bask in it today and in the days to come. Do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Friends, this is the joy of the gospel. The child we've been waiting on is coming. The child that the world has been waiting on is coming. And may the joy of that good news fill you to overflowing this day and every day. Amen. Go out into God's world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all persons. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you go, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, 
and the power of the Spirit bless you and keep you this day and always, always. Amen.